Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Strife Sanctum. My name is Citizen Strife, and this week, I continue on talking about my favorite anime. Because I mentioned that Spy Family, or Spy X Family, I, I believe it's Spy Family. I, I'm, I waffle between the both. But for everything that has been talked about since last year, I don't know if it is the most popular show from last year, but it was certainly mine. And I'm glad that they split shows in half these days, uh, whether they call them season or coors now. Um, but we got the first 13 episodes way back, I believe, in spring. And then we got the next set of episodes in winter of 2022. And I have to say, it was nice doing a different style and introducing new things to the formula as early as they did. Um, because there's really no guarantees. Like, you can't guarantee what thing is going to be popular. Okay, is this thing going to be 50 episodes? Is this going to be, like, four or five movies? Is this going to be whatever? And Spy Family is so popular that it's like, oh, God, I want it. Oh, God, I want more of it. Like, now we know they're going to be a third season, which seemed, or third or second season, however they want to describe it, and then a movie coming this year. So... Yeah, fans of Spy Family. It's almost like fans of Konosuba. You want more Konosuba? We're getting it. Uh, we're getting it in the form of that uh, Megumin uh, prequel that's coming out this upcoming season. And yeah, I'm, I'm all in for that shit. But Spy Family really hit me at the like right at the end of it. Because... I, I was so bowled over, and I think I stated this in the first episode, that Cowboy Bebop was such a thing for years. Like, I wouldn't dare dream of rating any show better than it because it was like a perfect storm that I watched at the perfect time, and I just fell for it, and I always rewatch it, and then I still do. But there was something just about the dynamic that Spy Family did that always grabbed me like i would always re-watch the openings and endings which were amazing i felt the i felt the op in the second core was better than the ed but but that's just just personal preference i mean all four songs so far have been really good but really it was about maintain, maintaining momentum and maintaining the relationship between the main three characters because all three of them work lloyd is the straight man who is pretty much reacting to the stupid that's going around him and trying to navigate not just being a spy and honestly being very comedic in just how overprepared he is and how he overthinks and overanalyzes everything like his superpower is i know everything about everything so i'm always prepared it's like the batman meme where he always will beat somebody if he has time to prepare them you know prepare a countermeasure that's basically lloyd forger um, you're having that, like, why does she have all this hidden power and hidden talent, yet she's kind of oblivious and dumb most of the time, you know, part of that. Because, again, if this was a drama, I don't think that would work so well, because it's a comedy that you're allowed to do that. And, of course, Anya being Anya is just amazing. So, again, it was all three of them working together as these main characters. A lot of it is still from Anya's perspective, because there's a lot of gold you can kind of mine from it. 
I don't think Core 2 really answered my criticism of giving a lot of what Yor is about and why she is the way she is, other than she's an assassin. That's great, but doesn't exactly explain the superhuman talent. Is she a human test subject? Was she a child soldier? You know, stuff like that. I'm guessing they're going to keep it vague because we don't know Lloyd's backstory, but it's more that we show off Lloyd's skill set more than we show off yours in action. We still got the second episode, and that was about it. We'll, we'll get, like, she's protecting Anya from stuff, and then she'll run super fast to get her some food, you know, and that's cool, but it still doesn't answer that, so that's still there. I, this this season didn't answer that question. What it did do was a couple of other good things. The main one being Bon, the family dog. This gigantic, like, old-school, burly, white dog with a lot of fur. I don't know specifically the breed of dog, but he's one of those just old-school, I'm fluffy, I'm big, I'm, I'm you know, lovable-looking dogs. No, he was tested on and he has a weird power Anya picks up on it that he can sort of see the future and kind of sort of detect future happenings and warn people and do things he's still a dog but he's like the super intelligent dog much like Ayn from uh, Bebop like you don't see it all the time you still know he's a dog which is part of the fun so he and Anya immediately just gravitate towards each other. And that's the dynamic that really works in this season really well. Because there's like two main uh, new character relationships that matter. Bond is helping Anya do a thing with these with these terrorist guys. Because this is a thing Lloyd's trying to do. Anya and you are just shopping for a dog. And she looks at some of the other dogs and goes... Eww. And then she finds Bond out of nowhere and is like, that's my dog. <laughs> that's my doggo. And it just works. So they sign off on it and it's great. Um, so one of the cool things about Spy Family season, season two or core two is you have the main three or four early episodes about Bond. Then it kind of slows down and it could drive people nuts if you haven't seen these yet. Uh, it's a lot of like short stories and like, you know how some shows would do like two small episodes or three small mini shows in an episode. That's kind of what Spy Family does a lot of in this part would be here's Anya and Desmond working on a crafts project to help, you know, you know, Anya wants to help Desmond help uh, impress his dad because we do get some more about uh donovan desmond and it is kind of creepy he doesn't show his face much mostly what we hear is the older brother or one of them i'm assuming this is one of those weird families that is like millions of family members and they're all fighting for the same fortune kind of thing so most of Damien's contact is with his older brother and they're just kind of dismissive and he's just scared of it all. We finally do see Donovan and it is interesting because he's got that weird bug-eyed look 
in it when he doesn't have the weird bug-eyed look he has the evil eyes and it is oof. for for a for a show that is purely comedy most of the time it can spark some things eventually but again we're getting slow progression through this operation strix they're not really forcing the you know one of the things i have an issue with in ascendance of a bookworm is they tend to do a very very big time jump and it seems like they're missing a lot of stuff because that show can't really afford to bounce around like this comedy can with spy family you can bounce around all you want because it's meant to be kind of stupid and funny um so they're taking their time with it ascendance kind of bounces around and i think i've heard criticism that it bounces around too much and misses a lot of stuff like uh mine ends up getting way older way too fast and a lot of the other details get missed so that kind of thing happens here but it's more in line with okay we're we're going from you know midterms to finals of whatever and anya really hasn't gained too many uh medals yet the starlights yet she still got the one from earlier in the in the season, I believe. And really a lot of these episodes are just what are what are Anya and Bond doing on a day off? What is Becky doing on a day off? What are Anya and Becky going to do? You know, cuz Becky slowly gets a little bit more character as well. So she is a kind of a little bit of a fashionista in her young age, but she takes Anya out shopping and Anya doesn't know what the fuck to do because it's so fancy and ritzy and, you know, Anya and her family are a little more rustic and kind of don't be flashy most of the time. So it's that dichotomy, but they're still, you know, they're building that friendship because Anya and Becky are, are, are classmates and friends. So that sort of mini episode is great. Seeing some of the weirdness that Becky has towards Lloyd is interesting, you know, given she's like six or seven or something, you know, but it's still done in a slightly funny and comedic way, uh, which is which is nice. You get an episode about the handler, who's the female lead of Operation Strix and Lloyd's boss. And she's getting tailed by these dorks and she's just, I will mess with you because I'm going here and going here. And she overthinks and overanalyzes things. And the way I process her is kind of the way that like on a, on a bigger scale, say Mando, like Mandalorian, like Mando is one thing, but the armor at the forge is a totally different beast altogether. That's what I think the handler is. Because she has this intimidation factor that even Lloyd really doesn't have. And it's just present. But she still gets some comedic moments here and there. Um, and, and just a lot of those small bits. Yor learns about how to cook. Badly. But then learns how to cook not so badly. Because that's a trope in anime. Because of course, women can't cook. I mean, I can't cook. They don't make fun of men not cooking, do they? I don't watch too many cooking shows. I don't know where the I don't know where the uh, women can't cook thing comes from because it's either they're super super good like a mother or they're super super bad like every teenager and every other person. I don't know. There's like no in between. Um, but anyway, so yes, you get a lot of like mini episodes, and really it doesn't pick up again until 
Nightfall shows up. And for better or for worse, and a lot of people like Nightfall, but I I like her, but I also don't. I'm trying I'm gonna try and explain this. Um her name is Fiona Frost, uh Nightfall. And she's voiced in one episode by Bryn April, who was um I think she was like one of the main characters in an uh, interview with Monster Girls, like the vampire girl. Um and then most of the episodes Lindsay Seidel, who is uh, uh, Ichika Oya in, um, or Ichika Nanako, uh, I, Nakano in uh, Quintuplets. I always say Oya because of the Persona 4, 5 character, but yeah. Uh, Lindsay Seidel in most of the episodes, but for some reason, Brenna Prill was like, it was one of those things like they replaced somebody for like half an episode and then they and they switched back to the main actor. It's It, it was weird. I, it was noticeable right away. But whatever. Anyway, and again, this is the English version I'm talking about, so bear that in mind. Anyway, Nightfall, to me, comes off as both an interesting character and a not-so-interesting character. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to try and explain this. The idea is they have to go to an underground tennis match or tennis tournament, you know, sponsored by a person who may or may not have information about Operation Strix and dealings with Donovan Desmond and whatever. So Lloyd needs a uh, an extra partner. And obviously, Yor can't really do it because she doesn't really have the uh, spy investigative, you know, espionage training. She's got the assassin, I just kill things and I'm really super strong sort of thing. So Fiona, obviously asks to be part of it or more like demands that was the word i was looking for she demands to be part of it and even the handler and some other people are just like no this is bad because they know something's there's there's something off nightfall was trained by lloyd and their co-workers in the i think it's the psychiatrist yeah it's a psychiatrist because lloyd is a psychiatrist so they're around each other but they don't really focus on fiona all that much in that setting she was there like an episode you blink and you miss it but in this she shows up at lloyd's house and anya finds out that she's basically you know gasai if done more comedically and less murder hoboey if that makes any sense if you've seen future diary you know what that means but she just goes, I love Lloyd, I love Lloyd, I love Lloyd, I love Lloyd. And it's just, bleh. so, So they're playing the trope of, oh my God, there's a second girl. Or, oh my God, there's a second wife or whatever. And that's fun, but I'm also kind of sick of that in a way. I'm sick of it because it's like every other show has that. And I don't really need that in every show. Because I was watching... um dress up darling fairly recently and they make it pretty obvious that the main guy and the main girl are kind of meant for each other and there are some dalliances for like half an episode to talking with other girls but nothing ever like overtly serious and it was sadly refreshing if that makes any sense so as fun as it is to have another female to bounce off of and in a different way to lloyd Really, all it does is serve to change the narrative of Yor and Lloyd because there's never any indication that Lloyd cares about Nightfall the same way she does about him. So, I don't, I don't know. 
Fiona comes across as very, you know, uh, very strict and obviously she was trained by it was she was trained by twilight it makes sense twilight is super serious about every little detail and every little knowledge base so nightfall has the same tendencies and they would fit as partners but you need that extra dynamic of you know a, a man and a woman falling for each other has more to do with how they interact are they friends I never get the sense that Lloyd and Fiona were ever friendly. There was always these, I was training you and now I'm, I'm the master kind of thing. You know, not in the, not in the weird way, but you know, mentor and pupil, that sort of thing. And that she goes off the deep end and it almost becomes intolerable, intolerable because it's fun seeing all the mechanics of the tennis match because they're trying every stupid little thing to stop these people who have the skill to do basically anything. They are Renaissance people. They have learned how to do anything. So they walk into this tennis tournament when these people have all these like weird drugs and special, uh, ways of fucking with the opponents because that's legal in this tournament so they sneak in but it's like every five or ten seconds when they finish a thing fiona's like oh my god did you see that twilight i am the best for you and it does get kind of grating because as fun as a character as it is and again this is played as a comedy this isn't played as a normal harem so bear that in mind it's not as crazy about the oh my god are they going to fall for each other because it's a one-sided it is absolutely one-sided and i don't think they ever explain lloyd going into it they they have your confront him later but again they don't do enough to really justify oh this could actually be a thing it never felt like there was the chemistry from lloyd that made it work. That's why sometimes the harems are are tricky. I've talked about chemistry in like video game romances. And I'm like, if I don't feel it from both sides, it's going to come off as weird. And this is one of those situations. I feel it from Yor and Lloyd because they just have this weird interplay and weird interaction. And that's what the show is banking on is that they're faking a relationship, but they have the real relationship slowly bubbling into the surface because they're always around each other. And there's always this like, what are they doing and how are they going to do it? Nightfall, Fiona is just one-sided, bang it in your face over and over until I'm a bit sick of it. So as popular as Fiona is, I don't know if I'm alone in, in thinking that it's just a bit much. Like, they spend three or four episodes talking to you like it's this big deal. And it really makes up the end of the season. Like the final episode is Lloyd confronting Desmond for the, for the first, you know, Donovan Desmond for the first time, this big bad that we're supposed to meet. And he hits this bill. But the other three or four episodes before that are about Nightfall and then what the effect is on your. That's usually a cool thing that you add into harems every once in a while. You piece together, oh, here's half an episode about this character, and then here's another episode about this one. We're learning about this. You're getting like three or four episodes. I think if you spaced out Nightfall early on and given her a little bit more to go on, and it might have worked better. But they they cram it near the end of the, ep end of the arc, and it feels a bit out of place. 
and they probably will bring her back. But by then, it'll be like, well, that doesn't really do much anymore because you've already kind of screwed that up. Given that it's a comedy, I'm not as worried about it because there's not too many stakes involved. You'd have to really try really hard to screw up the spy family formula at this point. And I don't think they're in the... I don't think they're in the business of doing that because this is a big time show. So the risk eventually is that nothing ever happens to this family and there's not really an end game. They're just going to be in like gear one, gear two for so long and they'll try not to get to gear three, four, and five until way late. But there's going to be an end game somewhere, you would think. There's there's no indication this is going to be like a thousand episodes, but if I'm wrong, then I'm in for a hell of a long journey. But do I still enjoy it? Yes, I think Bond and Anya are, are some of the best. One of the I remember stating earlier that the reason that this show was my favorite was was not any of the Yor being an assassin stuff or Lloyd being a spy stuff. It was some of the weird interactions between Anya and Lloyd and Yor as a family. Because every once in a while, you'll get those. You'll get them being a family. And Anya is being chastised for something at the end of the last core. So they have to play along and, you know, portray these, like, weird things, like these weird people or weird monsters. And Anya is leading them to the store to buy peanuts or something stupid stuff like that you know and i talked about uh bond and anya one of my favorite bits of this season was a, a segment where bond was starting to get jealous you could see it on his face he was getting jealous of the attention that anya was giving to her pet penguin that she got from uh lloyd as a as a stuffed doll so he chewed it up anya gets gets angry like you would but the way they resolve it and just their facial expressions just the little words and things they say and i think this is the important thing is the way lloyd is involved how he re resolves the situation how bond is trying to uh make amends for doing that he knows he screwed up and then anya seals the deal i forget which episode it is but i know it's there is just the way that they talk to each other as a dog and as a child and try to make amends as family because that's really what it is it isn't their family pet he is a member of their family that's what anya thinks that's what lloyd thinks that's what your thinks they they treat him as a family member and they understand what he means to that family and that's the sort of stuff that really drives me back to this. All the spy stuff is great. All of the espionage and assassin stuff is great. All of Anya's little telepathic powers are great. But every so often, you'll just get those little, oh my god, this is just wholesome. It's a very wholesome show. And even though it's not perfect, because no show is perfect, it just strikes this amazing balance of being this wholesome show about these three characters that have this amazing chemistry and then they add a couple more every so often so that they keep the formula running and it works so well so again it still maintains its spot as my favorite show or favorite anime and if you haven't seen spy family i would highly recommend it because there's nothing wrong I can say about it 
outside of little nitpicks, and even my little nitpicks might be some of people's favorite things. They might be like Fiona might be the best character they've ever seen or the best version of that type of character they've ever seen or some of the other little things that I thought weren't fun could be some of everybody's best things. So there's a lot that this show offers that I think a lot of people can enjoy. But that'll do it for me. And let's see, because again, I've had this um, I've had this list of shows on the docket for a while. So I'm going to make sure to keep um, updating it as I go here. And we've done Spy Family. Next week is Chrono Trigger, another sh- another game that I can probably just recite off memory rather than having to do a primer for it. Um, Raven of the Inner Palace, April 30th. And then Mega May, Mega Man 1 and Powered Up together. Mega Man X2, Mega Man Legends, and Mega Man Battle Network. So we're full bore and fully ready to do lots and lots and lots of stuff and lots of talking. So... I'm done talking for today, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, so I'll see you guys next time. Citizen Strive, signing off.